0: Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast for teens and for parents of teens, a podcast to supplement your weekly study of the Come Follow Me curriculum with thoughts, ideas, principles, stories, and questions all geared towards helping teenagers better follow Christ through their teenage years. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Come Follow Me podcast for teens. I'm Josh Downs and today's episode is going to be episode 5, We're going to be looking at Matthew 3, Mark 1, and Luke 2 with the theme, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The main focus of this week's study is really going to be about preparing the way of the Lord and the baptism of Christ. Let's begin today by just looking at a couple key points going through this particular section. One of those first that stood out to me was the phrase, Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make His path straight, referenced by John. That was his call and his invitation to all men at the time, and really is to all of us. And I just, I've always loved that statement, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. When I thought of that statement and how it can apply into my own life, I, I thought of, of all things, a garden hose. And just follow me on this analogy a little bit. Um, whenever I have used a hose and was watering something, say I'm watering flowers or, or something like that, a dead spot of grass. Inevitably, whenever I'd move around, there was always a time where the water pressure would lessen significantly. And without fail, I'd look back to see what was going on, and there was always some kind of a kink in it. Maybe the too many little twists and turns and it just it caused the water pressure to to drop because the flow was having such a difficult time getting through. And and when I thought about that, I thought that's in a lot of ways Our connection to Christ and when John is inviting us to prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight he's inviting us to prepare for the way of the Lord for God to come into our life for Christ to come into our life and the best way for us to do that is to make his path straight to make it so he has the most easy and clearest way that is possible to have access to us and for us to have access to him Do you see the analogy now a little bit? We all are going to need the Lord in our life. We need His counsel. We need His guidance. We need His grace. We need His power. We need His inspiration. In order to to live the best life that we can and to overcome the challenges that we face, we need Him constantly in our life. In order for us to have access to Him in the best possible way, we need to make that connection, that path, as straight as possible so that there is an uninterrupted flow of power into our lives and so i love that statement i think that's a key point to take away in that we also have of course the baptism of christ which he has set the example in that for all of us to follow and there's some great lessons in that he of course did not need baptism because baptism is unto the remission of sins and so he teaches us through the his own baptism the need to follow things just for the sake of righteousness. Even if we may not need something, he was baptized, as he said, to fulfill all righteousness. He simply wanted to follow his father and the plan that was set out before him. There are so many things that at times we may feel like we don't need to do or maybe even want to do, right? But because it's a part of that process and that plan, I think we would do well to follow the Savior's example and to do it, because we also need to fulfill all righteousness. In the part of the baptism, we also are privileged to hear the voice of God speaking from heaven as He testifies to all those in attendance and to the entire world and to us who His Son is. There are really only a few occasions where God, the Father's voice, is heard coming from heaven. And in every one of those occasions, he has said the same thing. Behold, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Of all the messages that God could convey to all of his children, to the entire world, that's the message that he chooses to convey. To listen to his son, who his son is, and to listen to him. That is a powerful truth for each of us to try to internalize. Now, the key principle that I I wanted to focus on with you guys a little bit today is found in Luke chapter 3 verse 16, where John is asked if he was Christ. The question was posed because the people thought very highly of him. He was esteemed as a great prophet and he had a huge following, but he was so quick to deflect attention from himself and turn it where it was meant to go. When he was asked if he were the christ he quickly answered no that there is one coming that is much greater one much mightier than i he said whose shoes i am not worthy to unloose which really speaks to how he saw himself in relation to christ the the role of taking off shoes was reserved for really the least in a household the role of a servant and he said i'm not even worthy to do that he was so quick To give all the glory, all the honor to God. And therein, I think, lies the lesson for each of us. And the lesson that I'd like for you to consider today. Can you, like John, give glory to God in all that you do, in all that you've accomplished, in all that you are, and in all that you have? This really is one of the defining attributes between Satan and Christ. Satan was so quick to want, right, all the recognition, all the honor, all the glory. When Christ was so quick to give all the honor, all the recognition, and all the glory to God. Satan wanted it from God. Christ was willing to give it to God. And therein is the difference between them. I've seen this play out several times in some very neat ways, especially among young people. When I was teaching, there was once a a star running back for Alta High School that was nominated as Mr. Football in Utah. Yet in the newspaper, he refused to have his picture taken without his linemen there, his teammates, because he knew where to give credit for his success. And I always loved that example. He was so quick to deflect the attention to those that also deserved it as well. In anything that you do that is good, young people, be aware and be careful that you don't give in to pride and start thinking of yourself more than what you are. Pride is defined as enmity or hatred towards God and our fellow men And it always shows up in comparison, thinking that I'm better than someone else. Or, and this is a little bit more subtle, that somebody else is not so good. And we try to find ways to lessen their success, lessen something that they've done or something that they are. In the Book of Mormon, in Jacob chapter 2, Jacob points out that because the Nephites were blessed with more, more of something, more wealth, more clothing, more success, that they thought that they were better than their brethren which led them to then persecute them. And I think the lesson for us is to watch out first of all and try to identify what are the mores that we have, that we've been blessed with. And they could be anything, it's not just about money. Your more might be found in your athleticism, or maybe you're more musically inclined than another person, or maybe you get better grades than another person, or maybe you do have a little bit more money in your home and family than another person. There are so many ways that we might have more than someone else. And they can also be very, very subtle because they can really be anything. I remember a story being told to me once by a friend of mine as we discussed this very topic to which he said one of the mores that he felt he had been blessed with was his ability to do well in school. And he didn't recognize it at the time how that led him to persecute other people. And when we hear the word persecute, we think of like bullying and really getting in somebody's face and, and making him feel bad and putting them down in a very direct way. But he said, and he reminded me, that it isn't always that way, that it can be very subtle in the way that we persecute each other. He said whenever he would get an A on his tests, as a teacher would hand them all back, he would make sure to leave his test out there as far out on the desk as he could for everyone else to see it, because he liked the recognition, and he liked others seeing that he was a success in school. But what he didn't recognize at the time was that was also a form of persecution, because it would cause others to feel that they weren't as good. And I think we see that all over the place, don't we? All over the world, in social media especially, people are constantly pushing their mores in front of us. I think in hopes of trying to help them feel better, but at the same time, it becomes a form of persecution because it causes us to feel like we don't measure up or we don't have as much. It's a very subtle thing that I think is worth recognizing and identifying, and is one of the reasons why I love John's attitude here so much. Yes, he was blessed with more. He had an ability to connect with people and to speak with people, and he gathered a large following. But he was so quick to deflect all the attention to where his gifts really came from, which was God. And the key is to be humble. As it says in Doctrine and Covenants section 112 verse 10, Be thou humble, and the Lord thy God shall lead thee by the hand, and give thee answer to thy prayers. The Lord loves humility. And back in the Book of Mormon, Jacob teaches the answer and kind of the antidote to pride. He says that whatever we are given, whatever our mores are, whatever your more is, to give of our substance freely and be familiar with all and then to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I love all three of those suggestions, right? That whatever we have been given that is our more, to give it away freely to others. That may be the very reason God has blessed us with more. In fact, I believe is. So that we have more to give to others. And to be familiar with all. To not just pick and choose, but to love everybody, to bless everybody, to help and support everyone no matter who they are or how different they might be from us. And above all things, to seek first God's kingdom. Now, a couple key questions to give to you today that you can journal on and discuss to help you internalize this great truth. Number one is who has been a good example to you of humility in success and in giving the credit to others and to God? Question two. What are some of the mores that you've been blessed with in your life? I think it's good to recognize those gifts. We all have them. Question three, how can you better give thanks and the credit to God for them, both publicly and privately? And the last question I'd like you to consider is, how can you better share your mores with others and be familiar or love and help everyone? I believe if you sincerely answer those questions, that you'll be well on your way to developing and keeping humility in your life, like John had. Now, a couple application questions for you to consider to apply these things into your life today. Number one, what will you do today to better follow John's example and Christ's example to be more humble in your life? And what successes and gifts will you thank God for today? I hope that those thoughts and principles have been helpful to you today. I know that you'll continue to find even more things that will lead and guide you to become more like Christ. Don't forget as you go through the lesson this week to look for those three things. Number one, how does this lesson bear testimony of Christ? We have examples like in John's testimony, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And of course, God's voice, This is my beloved Son, hear Him. Look for any additional principles to help guide you in your life. And always be on the lookout for the character traits of Christ. One that you should see clearly is His humility. Humility to His Father. To suffer it to be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Submitting to God's will and giving Him all the glory all His life. There are others in there this week that I look forward to you finding. Remember, as President Benson said, Pride is concerned with who is right, while humility is concerned with what is right. So let us choose to be humble. He said that we can choose to humble ourselves by conquering enmity towards our brothers and sisters, esteeming them as ourselves and lifting them as higher, higher than we are. That we can choose to humble ourselves by receiving counsel and chastisement. That we can choose to humble ourselves by forgiving those who have offended us. That we can choose to humble ourselves by rendering selfless service. That we can choose to humble ourselves by going on missions and preaching the word that can humble others. We can choose to humble ourselves by getting to the temple more frequently. We can choose to humble ourselves by confessing and forsaking our sins and being born of God. We can choose to humble ourselves by loving God, submitting to our will to His and putting Him first in our lives. Let us choose to be humble. We can do it. I know we can. And I know you can. So let's take these truths and principles and go follow Him better this week. Until next time, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to Come Follow Me for Teens.